Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. It is radio show. 
I am sitting in for Pastor Simon tonight. My name is Matt Ramsey. He is out, and I'm in. So tonight you've got me. For the next hour or so, we'll be diving into a topic, uh, looking at some scriptures, maybe playing some music. Um, just sitting here thinking about what I can do possibly to maybe uh, prank Pastor Simons a little bit. Um, and I was thinking that all of you that have his cell phone number, actually I'll give it out right now because he gives it out, he doesn't care. His number is 701-290-7862. And that's normally the number that you would call or text if you wanted to sort of uh, do an input on the show or you know, a question, comment, that type of thing, 701-290-7862. But tonight, because he's not listening to this, what I want you to do is I want you to text him your favorite food. Just text him your favorite food. Um, you like lasagna? Just text him lasagna. Well, that's hard to spell, so don't do, don't, don't do that one. Hopefully you don't like lasagna. Uh, cheeseburger. That's a good food. Macaroni and cheese. Just, you, could just, you could abbreviate it mac and cheese. I'm, I'm trying to make this as easy for you as possible. 701-290-7862. Text your favorite food for a chance to win. Um, no, not actually a chance to win. Uh, tonight, this is going to be a serious program. We'll, we'll, we'll get all the levity out of the way. I want to take a moment, though, to invite you to our church at 501 Elks Drive. That's the New Life United Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. And uh, we have services Sunday and Wednesday. Of course, we have other services for like the youth during the, the week, the weekend, that type of thing. But we're looking at... Uh, Wednesday night services, 7.30. That's a Bible study, uh, teaching, preaching, worship service. Um, and then on Sunday, we've got two services. We've got a Sunday school, an adult Bible study, at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. And right now, through the summer, we're having a children's church. And so all the children, uh, 12 and under, are going to be in a room, and they're gonna, they do different things like puppets and skits and this type of thing. And that's, again, at 501 Elks Drive, Sunday, 10 a.m. And then at 11 o'clock, or a few minutes after 11, we let everyone get kind of settled in, uh, we have our, our worship service, and that's in the main sanctuary there. So, uh, again, just wanted to invite you to that. Uh, tonight, the topic that we're going to be looking at is, uh, the, the title, rather, is You May Be Dumber Than You Think You Are. You may be dumber than you think you are. I may be dumber than I think I am. Uh, and what got me thinking about this is it's an old article. It's 2002, uh, which is, you know, I'm not, you know, I was born in the 80s, so to think of 2002 as old is, is a little strange to me, but, it, you know, it's, it's been a while, um, a while back. So, but there's, there's an article that got me thinking about this, but I want to bring our attention first to 2 Corinthians Thirteen five, Second Corinthians thirteen five, and it says in, in this verse it says, "Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates." And that word reprobate, you could translate that to a person who thinks that they are saved, but they're actually lost. And so this concept of examining yourself and knowing yourself. Um, you know, I think it was, was it Shakespeare that said, know thyself, this type of thing? Um, this is something that is actually very difficult to do when people constantly fail at it. And so this, this article, this academic article uh, titled, Why People Fail to 
to recognize their own incompetence. It's from 2002. It's, it was done by David Dunning and, uh, and several other people. Why people fail to recognize their own incompetence. And we're going we're gonna to read from this article. I'm going to, um, of course, look at some scriptures. And um, the, uh, the abstract or the sort of the main body, the, I'm sorry, the, the intro to this article says, says this. Successful negotiation of everyday life would seem to require people to possess insight about deficiencies in their intellectual and social skills. Like if you're going to navigate this life and be, be good, at, good at it, uh, do you want me to switch mics? He's trying to get me to oh, turn it sideways. Okay. Is that better? Okay. I've, I've been going the whole, whole wrong way here. Upside down everything. So there you go. Uh, people fail to recognize their own incompetence with microphones. Prove my point. We're done. Let's just play some music. Um, but he says, so it, it would seem like the more introspective you are, the more you understand where you lack, uh, the better off you would be. And he continues on and says, however, people tend to be blissfully unaware of their incompetence. This lack of awareness arises because poor performers are doubly cursed. Their lack of skill deprives them not only of the ability to produce correct responses, but also the expertise necessary to surmise that they are not producing them. In other words, you aren't doing well, and you don't know that you're not doing well. He goes on and says, People base their perceptions of performance in part on their preconceived notions about their skills, what they already think, uh, you know, if they think they're good at something, uh, this type of thing. And so this is the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves, the the inner dialogue. Um, it's this type of concept that leads uh, Pastor Simons to his theory that other people can actually know you better than you know yourself. And I think it's interesting because, you know, when I've, I heard him preach this the first time. Um, he was not aware of this, this academic, you know, the psychologist David Dunning writing about this. But that's exactly what uh, uh, Dunning's research shows. In fact, there was a, a CBS News article, uh, this was 2013, I believe, where he, Dunning writes, and I quote here, the road to self-insight runs through other people. Okay, so this is exactly what... what um, uh, Pastor Simons was uh, uh, talking about again. Texo's favorite dinner uh, recipes, or not recipes, but uh, what you like to eat. Um, I think that'll be interesting. So, I want to talk a little bit about this article, and again, I want to examine some scriptures that I think really. Um, I mean, this is this is the condition of man. This is something that 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 mankind rather has struggled with, like knowing ourselves, knowing when we're messing up. And uh, the the main problem, and, and what um, Dunning and his colleagues have you know found and have, have looked at here, is that people think that they're doing really well when they're really not. And so he writes in this article. They write in this article. In a sophomore level psychology class, we asked 141 students to tell us how well they had done on an exam just before they walked out of the classroom. They just taken a test. They walk out. How well? You, how well did you do? We asked the respondents to estimate their performance and mastery of the course material relative to the other students taking the exam. How well did you do? How well do you think you did you know, compared to everyone else in this class? We also asked them 
to estimate their raw score on the test. Students in the bottom quartile greatly overestimated their performance on the test. And so, as they said, where, and they continue on here, whereas their performance actually put them in the 12th percentile, they estimated their mastery of the course material to fall into the 60th percentile. So they thought that the people who did the worst thought that they did really well and better than average. And Dunning's whole point here is this because not only did they not know the material, they didn't know what they didn't know. And he writes, this, is, this example is not an isolated case. Participants taking tests and their ability to think logically, to write grammatically, to spot funny jokes, tend to overestimate their percentile ranking relative to their peers by 50 to 40 to 50 points, thinking that they are outperforming a majority of their peers when, in fact, they are the ones being outperformed. So in all these other dimensions that the, he studied, you know, how well you know, grammar, your sense of humor, all this type of your, your logic, people tend to believe um, the best about themselves. And in some sense, the worst about other people. That's sort of a, a side uh, issue. He continues to say this pattern also emerges in more real-world settings among debate teams taking part in a college tournament and hunters quizzed about their knowledge of firearms just before the start of hunting season, among medical residents evaluating their patient interviewing skills, and among medical lab technicians assessing their knowledge of medical terminology and everyday problem-solving ability. And this is interesting, this next part. He said, this pattern appears unchecked after participants are promised up to $100 for accurate assessments of their performance. The reason why this is important is because whenever you put money in the line, this is when things get serious. This is when it gets real right? for a lot of people. So in other words, it could just be that you know, whether you're you know, asking hunters about their firearm knowledge or the, these medical technicians about their, their skills or their knowledge of equipment, that they're just sort of engaging in human tendency to sort of, uh, I guess you maybe say brag or maybe... Um, you know, just inflate, you know, shade things towards the positive a little bit. But when you really put money on the line and you say, no, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Well, you took this test and you're going to tell me how well you think you did. And if you're close or if you're right, you're going to get a hundred dollars. If you're not, you're, you're not. And even when that, that money is on the line, people still tend to overestimate their performance. They fail to recognize their Incompetence. Everyone thinks that they're above average. That CBS article is by Tia Goze. This is uh, 2013, talking about drivers. Um, drivers consistently rate themselves as better than average. Average, even when a test of their hazard perception reveals them to be below subpar. And again, I'm. I'll. I'll. I'll uh, we'll just do a quick show of hands. Everyone raise your hand if you think that you are an above average driver. Okay, I see a couple over there. It, raise your hand if you think that you are an above average driver. Okay, well that's more than the average right there. So that's or so everyone here most everyone thinks that they're above average when that's statistically impossible. Right, you you have an entire population. Most of them think that they're above average. That that can't happen. 
and and uh, this uh, Professor Horswell, this is a different person, told uh, Live Science. He says, "You find it across all ages. You find it among novice drivers. You find it among drivers over age sixty-five. All these people who who rate themselves above average, because." This article says even the worst driver may by chance avoid an accident. People are more likely to overestimate skills like that than concrete skills like chess or tennis, where if you are incompetent, you're going to be trounced quickly. David Dunning writes in his in that article, To ace an exam, a college student must know when he needs to crack open his notebook more than one time. To provide adequate, adequate care, a physician must know where her expertise ends and the need to call in a specialist begins. But here's the problem. Where they lack skill or knowledge, they greatly overestimate their expertise and talent, thinking that they are doing just fine when, in fact, they are doing quite poorly. Now, we kind of sped through that, uh, those couple articles here. And the question really is, does it matter if you think your IQ is higher than it is or if you think you're an above-average driver when you're not? I mean, you might come off as a bit insufferable. Um, you know, your your friends and family might snicker, but it's not that you know. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. But tonight, I want to talk about what if you were lacking in an area that had real ramifications, real eternal consequences. And so, what if you believed that you were right with God, and you were not? And so, we're going to go to a song here. Um, I, I recently got this, this CD by uh, uh, Brother Bill Farron. He's a, he's a minister um, in, in the United Pentecostal Church, I believe. He's a, is he, do you know Abe? Is he WPF and UPC? He's got, he's got some, some letters organization, uh, Brother Bill Farron. And uh, I really like it. I've been listening to it a lot. And we're going to listen to a song called The Captain right here. Let's 
Tell it like it is radio show. I'm Matt Ramsey sitting in for Pastor Simons, who is out tonight. His number is 701-290-7862. Text him your favorite food. Uh, that was Bill Farron, the captain. I, I, I love songs. I was just talking to Abe, who's in the studio helping me out here. Um, I love songs that talk about like the sovereignty of God, the eternalness of God. Um, you know, songs like... Um, you know that where the the wind and the waves obey you, and they always will. Uh, and that whole CD, which I don't know, I'm, you probably can buy it online. I'm not really sure, um, but it's it's got a lot of a lot of great music, a lot of great lyrics, this type of thing. We'll we'll be listening to some more of. I suppose you could record it off the radio, but you know we don't do that um, unless you're going to buy the CD anyway. Then go ahead, sure. Um, we're talking about you may be dumber than you think you are. 
And just to explain uh, to, to some of those, I know you, some of I really confused you. This is the radio. I can't really see you raising your hand earlier. I don't want to freak anyone out. You know, I'm thinking like this is like some kind of weird Alexa thing where now I can see you. It's not. I was just, it was a joke. Um, can't see you raising your hand or not raising your hand. Uh, but I can see you making that rude gesture to me, uh, so stop it. So there are different ways to be dumb when it comes to living a life that is pleasing to God. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about why this happens, why people fail to recognize their own incompetence, like like David Dunning would say from that article that we, we discussed. But first I want to talk about different ways to be dumb when it comes to living a life that is pleasing to God. And some of these may be more applicable to you than others. Maybe none of these are applicable to you. And we could come up with a whole list. I, I, I just, for time's sake, I, I've come up with four. Um, so the first thing, and not necessarily in any kind of a order of importance, about missing church for every little thing. You know, there are, I'm sure there are, you know, our Pastor Simons um, and I, you know, we kind of have, uh, I mean, he's my pastor, so, so uh, you know, what he says, that's what we do. But we, uh, we have a, a, relation, a working relationship with each other, and so sometimes we just kind of, I tease him a little bit. I mean, he, he like, if you are, what are, he's got just a few rules. Like, if you're giving birth, you could miss. If, you're, if you have concrete setting up, you can miss church. And then there's, like, one other thing. Like, if you have a note from your corner or your, you know, the, the, the mortician, you can, you, can, you can miss church, that type of thing. Everything else, you know, be in church. Kid has a cold blow his nose and come to church, this type of thing. And the reason why I bring this up is uh, certainly, you know, in the book of Hebrews, it, it, it exhorts us uh, to, to, to gather together. Um, it says, don't be like those, I'm just sort of paraphrasing here, don't be like those that forsake coming together as a church body. You know, we're, we're not like that as Christians. Don't, don't do that. But there is... Uh, uh, you know the the idea of of missing church or not caring that much if you do miss church this type of thing. Um, this is a whole Bible study in and of itself, but it's one of those little things where people can can feel like they're doing really well spiritually, but they don't have any kind of a a, a drive or a strong motivation to get. To, it's like it's like church is something that you know. Well, well, it's a good place to go. Um, we'll we'll do it if it fits into our schedule. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll try to do it. Um, but you know, this came up or that came up or boy, I was really tired or we had to get groceries or or you know had a had a hangnail. Um, you should have seen the size of his hangnail. Uh, all these. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking of someone in particular. I won't tell you their name, um, but it's Jim. Uh, it's not Jim, but. You know, these are I, I like hanging out with these people. They're 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 um, they're Christians. They're faithful. They don't they go to a different uh, church, different denomination. That's fine. Um, we've you know we've had Bible studies and this type of thing. We still have, we have them over. We talk to them. Um, but you know, so what I'm saying is we believe different things. But they but they talk highly of their church and their pastor, which is good. I appreciate that. I don't appreciate even though I, if I don't even though I might disagree with them doctrinally or, or, you know, biblically, I don't appreciate when people sort of, you know, tear down, you know, their religious leaders and their, their man of God. And I mean, we're all human, but I don't need to know, you know, every bad thing about everybody, you know, this type of thing. But 
they'll they'll you know they'll 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 talk about you know how great this is, but then it's like yeah we haven't been there in like two months and we really need to get back. And I'm just thinking like this pastor that they're talking about must be like, you know, wh- where are these people? You know, they call this our church, and they're they're talking you know about how great this is, and you know all all these things, and they're they're really they're supposed to be really spiritual. But it's like, you know, I'm thinking, I'm sure he's thinking like, I can't get them to come for anything. You know, it's always, you know, it's work or it's the kids or it's they're tired or it's they're, they're having a date night. And, I'm, and, and so when, you know, you could think that you're, that you're just, you're killing it when it comes to living for God. You're just doing amazing, but you're not even going to church. You're missing all the time. And this is, this is a problem. This is an incompetence. Um, maybe that's judgmental, but we're going to talk about judgment. And so, you know, just hang on. I've got more judgmental things. Uh, number two, for example, not reading the word of God and staying in the word. Here's a scripture in James chapter one, verse 22. Uh, James chapter one, verse 22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, then goeth his, his way, and then straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Forgets what he looks like. Verse 25 says, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So the idea is not just to, you know, read the word or have a um, uh, Bible verse plastered to your wall. You know, you look at the, the inspirational poster, makes you feel good, makes you feel spiritual, and then you go, you walk away, and you forget all about it. Now, I mean, there's we have we have posters and you know. Verses and not posters, but verses and plaques and everything. Like I could probably like you know side a house with all of our you know things that we have. Um, I don't buy them. Someone else in my family buys them. I'm not going to say who it is, but I appreciate my wife listening tonight and uh, maybe the kids too. Um, Tommy, Mary, Vivi, Addie. Um, anyway, got off track. But we have to be in the Word. We have to we have to read it. We have to we have to understand it. We have to know it. Because if we don't, this will lead to sort of the other point when I'm going to talk about why people are incompetent, how how this happens, that we're blind to our mistakes and our inadequacies. But, you know, it, it's a dumb thing to not study your Bible. If you're called, a, if you're calling yourself a Christian, it's a, it's it's a dumb thing. Uh, it's an incompetent thing. You know, when when um, you know, it, it can be likened to a student. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it's in uh, Timothy. Where it talks about study to show thyself approved, a workman uh, that needeth not be ashamed. And so, there's some studying that God wants us to, wants us to do of His Word. And someone might be texting me the verse. Oh no, not, that was my wife. I'm not going to read it on air, uh, but I don't know if I want to go home after this. Anyway. Um, 
but just like David Dunning talked about how these students, like it would be helpful for them to know if they understood the material or not, because that would help them to, to know how much to study, but they don't know the material. They don't know what they don't know. They think that they've got it down. And so when they take the test, they do horrible, but they think they do great. And the same thing can be applied uh, when it comes to Christianity. There are people who do not know the material, who do not know the Word of God, but they think they know it because they know John 3.16. They know, uh, what's that, uh, the verse, is it Jeremiah, where I know the plans I have for you, you know, plans to give you an expected end, this type of thing. Um, they know... You know, they, they know the, um, you know, confess your heart or I'm sorry, confess, <laughs> confess Jesus and believe in him with your heart and this type of thing in Romans and is it 10, nine? Um, they know these, these few verses and maybe they can quote them better than I can, but they, th- that's it. They do not have a grasp. They can't explain to you, uh, the new, the gospel. They can't explain to you difference between old and new testament i mean i don't want to give a list because you're gonna think i got that i got that i'm good i mean i'm talking about getting into the word studying it knowing it and then doing it and that's really the focus of what james was saying here in in, uh, chapter 1 22 through 25 so that's a dumb thing right not reading the word okay how about not praying enough and or not praying at all not praying enough or, or at all now there are many many verses on Prayer, the need for prayer, um, uh, this type of thing. It's just communion. It's just um, it's it's communication between you and God. Uh, it's supplication. I suppose I could probably add into that worship, but that would be you know uh, you could you know not to split hairs, but that would be maybe a different thing. But prayer and worship certainly is a, a vital. It's it's an important part. And when it comes to prayer, I promise you, I'm talking to apostolics here as well, and so. I don't know. If, I mean, again, this is put on by the New Life Pentecostal Church. We're an apostolic church. Probably a, a good chunk, maybe not a majority, but certainly a plurality of our audience is apostolic. And so, um, a lot of what we talk about, a lot of what you hear on on the radio, is kind of preaching to the choir, uh, for sure. Although we want it to be more of an outreach program to to every everyone, denominational uh, churches, non denominational churches, atheists, agnostics. Um, this is why we're on um, KDIX. Um, but but certainly this number three here in different ways to be dumb, not praying. Um, I would hope if you're apostolic and you're not praying, you realize that this is a dumb thing. And uh, I think it's something that anyone who you know is busy, uh, has a job, is married, is in school, um, you know, there are different ways to be busy other than that. Uh, struggles with finding time to to pray. This is a this is a difficult uh, thing, but certainly, if this is something you're neglecting, um, you're not doing as well as far as living for God as you think you are. Unless, of course, you realize that you you need to pray more. How about number four? We can go lots of different ways with this one: engaging in worldly activities. How about sinful worldly activities, or that you know would be maybe a, a more accurate description? Proverbs twenty-seven twenty says, uh, uh, "Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied." 
Psalms 101, um, you know, I actually don't have the verse in here, but it says, I, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Both of these talking about our eyes and certainly in probably one of the main forms of, of entertainment nowadays is, you might, you might have heard it talked about on this radio show uh, once or twice, but Hollywood. And we could talk about music, we could talk about physical, like, you know, going to events that might not be um, godly. And, um, and so, so this would certainly be, like, you know, you, you're a Christian, you're, you're, you're living for God, but you've got these worldly influences, these, these uh, you know, a lot of, you know, in, being entertained by different things in Hollywood, uh, movies. Uh, there was a, uh, a person one time who, again, went to a different sort of, it was in a different denomination. Um, and this person had gotten a particular video game that I knew about. It was a, one of these, you know, nowadays they're rated, um, and it was a rated R one. And I, and I heard, heard about it or read an article about it or something like that about how bad this thing was. And he had gotten this game. And I was thinking that, you know, I don't know exactly how strong his walk is right now, but I can guarantee you if he really starts digging into that game, because it's one of these things that you just put hours and hours into and you can go all over and, and, you know, shoot a bunch of people and do a bunch of bad things, that that will affect his walk with God in, in not a positive way. It's just, it's just obvious. And, and that is what happened. And again, you know, I'm sure to him he didn't start off thinking that I would like to be farther away from God than I am right now, so I will get this video game. There's no, you know, there's. I, I would imagine that it's very rare for people to, or uh, let's take video games out of it. You know, I, I, you know, I'm too close to God now. I want to be farther away, so I want to engage in this activity that will take me farther away. Um, that's probably not something that many people would say, and yet. That is the consequence of engaging in a lot of these things. And I mean, I could name, you know, well, we, it would be ridiculous to, to start, you know, naming, you know, particular movies or channels or these types of things, music, specific events. You can fill in the blanks. Um, and one way to, and if you can't, I mean, if you're like, well, what's wrong with this or what's wrong with that? That's where godly counsel comes in. And we're going to be talking about that in a little bit as well. Romans one thirty two says, uh, just talking about again. I'll just wrap up this this Hollywood thing. And a lot of these again are just complete different, separate Bible studies in and in and of themselves. But we're going quick tonight. So Romans thirty two says, "Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them." So when you have pleasure in and some of these things that you that you watch, uh, that you listen to, um, this is not okay with God. There's a problem here. And um, one thing that kind of, you know, when we talked about this 20, 30 years ago, I mean, it was bad enough. But I think in 2019, when we see the effect that Hollywood has on our culture, I mean, things are happening now, and, and I mean, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Things are happening now that it would be 
no one would ever believe 20 years ago, 10 years ago. They would they would say, like if a Christian conservative came out and said, you know, we need to fight against Hollywood because uh, these things are going to happen, they would they would laugh at you. They would say that you're you're slippery slope fallacy. They would say you're overreacting. They would say you're crazy. They would say you're just trying to be bigoted toward you know whatever you're you know to Hollywood because no one would ever be like that. Well, we're like that now. We're like that now, and it's um, I promise you it can get it's going to get more. Um, well, it, it's going to get worse in my view and maybe better in some people's view. But uh, you know our our culture is going one direction, and so. What's the solution? Just pull out, pull out of it. Uh, you know, get get out of Hollywood. Get your head out of Hollywood. Find a different. Like we used to be able to entertain ourselves other ways. Not sure if you if you remember this or maybe you know find someone who's who's uh, you know got some gray hairs and ask them like how did people survive without Netflix? Like I'm just curious. How is that even possible? They'll tell you. They'll tell you that it was possible. They might even, you know, give you some good old day stories and this type of thing. So again, some people they might think that they're just killing it when it comes to living for God, just doing awesome, an amazing job, but they're actually falling way below God's benchmark. And we're gonna after this next song, we're gonna come back and we're gonna look at some different reasons that why this happens, why people are blind to their mistakes and their inadequacies.
Tell it like it is radio show. I'm Matt Ramsey sitting for Pastor Simons, who just texted me, stop. So I don't know what that would be in regards to, uh, but maybe we proved our point. So, all right, tonight we're talking about you might be dumber than you think you are. And I guess I was being a little dumb here messing with Pastor Simons. And uh, so I think he's done hearing what we like to eat for supper, but. 
I don't know. Some people are just rude like that, I guess. Uh, but we talked about different ways to be dumb, and certainly you can add to that list. There are probably you know just you know dozens, hundreds of different things um, that are just. I mean, if you want to be successful with God, that's just there's just don't do stupid things. I remember an old. PSA or like a during uh, growing up there was like a, a deal where they said you know if you're going to start a race it would be stupid to put a yoke around your neck like a yoke like an oxen uh, uh, wears like it's, that's just dumb um, and, but there are there are yokes there are chains that people put on themselves that are, that that those who have a stated goal of serving God and being successful there are things that they do that's just destructive of course you've heard the expression. You know, you're your own worst enemy, this type of thing. So let's talk about why this happens. I've, I've come up with three different different reasons why people are blind to their inadequacies when it comes to, or their mistakes, when it comes to living for God. Number one, they lack the resources or the opportunity to find out. So some people have just never heard. They've never heard of the, the gospel. Um, you know, many, many people are, are not raised in a home where they've been taught the Bible. Or, or taught the gospel. And then you add to that homes, maybe like kind of what, like what I grew up in, where you've heard about the gospel, but it hasn't really been explained to them or it isn't really a, a, a central part of their life, that home. Like, like if you ask them, you know, what's the reason behind Christmas, they could give you the correct answer. But they don't really have a concept of the death, the burial, the resurrection. Not because they're too stupid to understand it. And in all of these things, I'm talking about like, you know, what are what are things that you do that are dumb? It's not reflective of someone's IQ necessarily, their their intelligence. Uh, smart people do a lot of dumb things. And so these are things that we want to avoid. But, you know, when people they, they don't know, so this is why we have things like preaching, why we have things like outreaches, radio shows, personal evangelism, which is probably uh, the most effective, or you personal evangelism, where you, where you find a friend or an acquaintance or a stranger, and you start talking to them, and you, be, you make them, you, you befriend them, and you start talking to them about the gospel. So that would be number one. Number two, they, don't, they do want to know, they want to know the truth, but they've been lied to. Now, possibly the liar has good intentions. Uh, Alfred North Whitehead was a British mathematician and philosopher, and he said, It is not ignorance, but ignorance of ignorance. That is the death of knowledge. And so, again, not knowing what you don't know. Now, I mentioned that possibly the the people who are telling or leading them astray would have good intentions. But that doesn't necessarily absolve them of, of spreading false doctrine. Matthew fifteen fourteen says, Let them alone. This is Jesus talking. He says, Let them alone. Talking about the Pharisees. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Acts twenty twenty nine says, For I know this, Paul talking, that after my departing shall grievous, grievous wolves enter in among you not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone 
night and day with tears. So Paul's leaving them, leaving the church, having to go to Jerusalem where he knows that he will be locked up. Um, God revealed that to him. And he says, wolves, not literal wolves, but people who are going to preach false doctrine, who are going to be false teachers, are going to come in among them. And even the people that he was talking to, even 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 part, people of this congregation, they're going to start drawing people away by speaking things that are not true. And he said, I've been warning you about this. Second Peter, and this is not the first time, this is all throughout the New Testament, the warning of false uh, doctrine, false apostles. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1, but there were false prophets also among the people back in the Old Testament, even as there shall be false teachers among you, talking about the new people in the New Testament, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of the truth shall be evil spoken of. Does anybody ever hear anything bad said about Christianity and hypocrisy and whatever? Right. A lot of that comes from Christians, so-called, not being Christian. Maybe you think that's judgmental. Um, We could have that conversation. I'm happy to have that conversation. Um, But if you think, you know, people, I will say that a lot of people do not understand judgment when it comes in, in terms of what the Bible says. They have like one verse and they stay with it. You know, you're not going to judge me. Just God's going to judge me. Great. But you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it's, it's, there's more to it than that. And that's part of the studying this out, uh, which maybe you touch on that a little bit, but that's like, again, that's a whole other Bible study. Uh, Peter goes on in the same chapter two, second Peter chapter two, in verse 18, he says, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them that live in error. Like people were like, they were living right. They were escaping from those that live from error, but they were drawn back because of the words of these false prophets. In verse 19, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. For who, whom a man is overcome of the same is, is he brought in bondage. For af- after they escape the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein. And we've been talking about staying away from the pollutions of the world, particularly with regards to Hollywood and entertainment. But these people have become entangled again into the pollutions of the world and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. And verse 21 has always been so interesting interesting to me. Verse 21 says, For it had been better for them to have not have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn away, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. That's always been so interesting to me. That it would be better that they didn't even know about Christianity than to know about it and then turn away from it. And again, that's a whole other thought process. We can, we can go down that path maybe a different time. False teachers were a widespread problem in the New Testament. And uh, one, this, I'm going to try to go really fast here, but Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, this jumped out at me one day, and, I, and, I, and, this, and it just brought into light that Paul and the rest of the apostles were constantly, or seemingly constantly, fighting against false teaching. It says, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, verse 2, that ye... 
Be not soon shaken in mind, or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. A different translation says, Don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, or a revelation, or a letter, supposedly from us. So they were these churches were getting letters that were like, Oh, this is from Apostle Paul. This is from Apostle Peter. And they had things in them that Paul and Peter did not write. James and the rest of them. So this was a this was a problem, all right. And so again, maybe you want to know, but you don't know because you've been lied to. That's one reason for incompetence and 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 not not realizing what the problem is. We got four minutes, about four minutes, three minutes. Okay. Finally, number three, uh, people don't want to know. They don't know and they don't want to know. They don't want to be judged, and so they love a lie. And 1 Peter 4.17 uh, talks about that judgment must begin at the house of God. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But that CBS article says, in part, most positive traits like being a good driver are so vaguely defined that there's plenty of wiggle room to make them fit. So people don't usually get honest feedback from others. But the Bible does give clear feedback. Again, we read in the, in the beginning, but Second Corinthians thirteen five: Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Why would Paul say that if that wasn't possible? You can get clear feedback from the Bible. You know, Second uh, Thessalonians two ten says, and "This is this is again one of those scary verses where you could really dive into this and, and kind of you know try to." pick it apart and, and, and try to see what God's doing here. But Second Thessalonians 2.10 says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And again, they didn't, they didn't want to know. They were happy thinking that everything was right between them and God. I'm not talking about atheists here tonight. I'm really not. Uh, I'm talking about believers. Um, and we need to know whether we're right. And it can't just be we, because we think we are. Like we, we need to have a concrete reason why. We're not going to find that anywhere but the Bible. You know, the um, just to wrap this up, in that, in that Dunning, David Dunning paper that I, I mentioned in the beginning, they ran a study to see if they could fix this problem. And they said in the first phase of the study, participants were tested on their ability to solve certain types of logic problems. Not surprisingly, poor performance grossly overestimated their performance on the test. Then in the second phase, and this is, this is critical, we gave about half of them a mini-lecture about how to solve this type of logic problem, giving them the skills they needed to distinguish accurate from inaccurate answers. And they said when the original test, to, uh, when, they, when given their original test to look over, the participants who received the lecture, and the, uh, particular, particularly the poor performers, provided much more accurate self-ratings than they had originally. Here he's saying just you're, the only way that you're going to figure out whether you're right with God or whether you just think that you're right with God is by getting instruction and getting training. Uh, and that comes from the Word of God. I mean, uh, we can have a, a discussion on uh, godly men in your life and all this type of thing. We're running out of time. So uh, I'm just going to wrap this up. 
I want to say thank you for uh, listening. We're going to invite you to church one more time at 501 Elks Drive. It's the New Life United Pentecostal Church. Pastor Simons will be back in, Lord willing, next week. And we'll see you guys some other time. Bye-bye.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.